kingdoms and states project their power in ways designed to impress through military parades on national days or the example of the coronation of King Charles watched worldwide by an estimated audience of 400 million viewers. <clears throat> One of the ways in which the United States displays its might is through the preparations made for the arrival of the president in another nation. We were in the Philippines in the 90s when the president visited the nation and I happened to be in the airport and discovered that Air Force One is actually two identical aircraft accompanied by two helicopters and two presidential limousines and they also brought for his comfort the president's mattress. <clears throat> there are very few nations and kingdoms that can match this kind of display and in the first century it was Rome in the time of Christ. So the word kingdom usually evokes images of power, wealth and physical representation in the form of palaces, legislative buildings and monuments that celebrate the embodiments of power. But against the backdrop of Roman power seen in brutality, military might, and blood sports held at over 250 amphitheaters all around the Mediterranean, Jesus challenges the understanding of human institutions and power, defying conventional understandings of power and the terror they induce in populations, Jesus suggests that all of these are delusions in the light of God's power made manifest in the kingdom of heaven. However, human logic is incapable of grasping the nature of the radical transformation offered by the kingdom and thus Jesus used imagistic language to evoke this transforming reality that truly has the power to lift us out of despair and out of the rut into which our lives can fall with his glorious descriptions of the kingdom of heaven. And so we recognize that one cannot live both by the standards of the world and be in the kingdom. The first startling image that describes the kingdom is that of a mustard seed. Is that all? We might wonder because this tiny seed about 0.002 grams in weight and not significant in physical appearance even when planted at a, and at full growth, how can this represent the kingdom of heaven? What might be the understanding that Jesus wanted us to have 
What is it about mustard that we don't know? Well, according to the Agriculture and Natural Resources Center at the University of California, mustard can be a weed or a cover crop, depending on the soil and other conditions. In many parts of the country, mustard presents a serious weed problem in vegetable and cereal production, and this was probably true of the Palestinian farmer as well. And yet, mustard is indispensable in many types of cuisines, and over half a billion tons of it is produced around the world annually. It is ubiquitous, it is a disruptor, but also essential to bringing to perfection the many dishes consumed around the world. In other words, there is no single way of capturing the wonder and unexpected results of this humble seed. The next image that Jesus uses is that of yeast. Yeast? Is this what the kingdom of heaven might be like? A single-celled microorganism that still brings joy to the human population through the production of bread, wine, and other brews. Once again, the image emphasizes minuteness, a universal presence, and indispensable qualities in essential products for human consumption. <clears throat> and of course, in the Eucharist we have an abiding reminder of the presence of yeast in the bread and wine. And then the next image is that of treasure buried in a field. But you have to buy the field to access the treasure. It is hidden and has to be discovered to become a resource. You have to take the risk of purchase to uncover what is hidden. The value of the kingdom of heaven is not apparent to the observer. And the next image moves to a human analogy. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. The merchant, not the pearl. And the merchant who sold everything to acquire a single pearl. What would we call such a man? Obsessive? Deluded? Or just plain crazy? What could be more valuable than all of one's investments and holdings? And what kind of satisfaction would you derive from giving up everything for one precious thing? What is it that gives merchants and producers of various objects, great satisfaction. Is it wealth or something else? Well, in the case of Steve Jobs, his Think Different commercial said it all. The people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. And the next image 
is that the kingdom of heaven is like a net. Again, not the fisherman, but the net. And the net catches fish of every kind. It is expansive. And this is the image, the aspect of the image that we have to consider. The kingdom of heaven as a fishing net does not distinguish between fish. It is the fisherman who separates and not the net. The net gathers not just Episcopalian fish or Judeo-Christian fish. It gathers every kind of fish. And so we are presented with ambiguity over certainty and imagery that calls us out of the stupor of measuring our worth by the simplistic material standards of the world. We are called to reconsider our lives in light of the kingdom of heaven. We are called to construct and identify those situations and actions that might represent living in the kingdom. We are forced to contend with the fact that meaningful lives do not equate to material well-being. <clears throat> the rise and fall of the Roman Empire is a strong reminder that all empires eventually collapse, while the kingdom of heaven never does. The kingdom of heaven is neither a territory nor without materiality. It disrupts and sustains. It leads to a dr dramatic imaginal perception of who we are and what we are called to do as inhabitants of a reality that is transcendent. What fences us in when we use the world standards falls away as the range of the possibilities open to us are exposed in light of the kingdom of heaven. And it is in this imaginal space that we become capable of endurance under persecution, capable of creativity, and capable of epic kindness, and we can freely explore the eternal while we still live in the world. These moments of the realized kingdom of heaven inform our search in making life better for others. Martin Luther King Jr. was the kind of person who found in the kingdom the capacity to demand a more just society at a time when such articulation seemed impossible. His convictions around the justice promised by God informed his vision of action and gave him the courage that he needed. And it was 49 years ago that the Philadelphia 11, as they came to be called, the first group of courageous women later ordained in the Episcopal Church claimed their right to serve in the kingdom, refusing to wait until the General Convention approved of their ordination. But the kingdom of heaven is not limited to the church. It is active and enduring around the world. It was in 1958 that the first 
international Tchaikovsky piano competition took place. And at this competition, the whole of the United States celebrated the triumph of Van Kleiber, who won the competition. In the context of the Cold War, this was seen as a major defeat for the Soviet Union. But there were two other laureates, the silver medalists, one of whom was from Russia and one from China. <clears throat> and the Chinese pianist, Liu Shikun, had suffered a very different fate. A few years after this competition, during the turmoil of the Cultural Revolution, he was imprisoned, beaten, and tortured. And one of his young guards, the 13-year-old Liang Heng, who later became a journalist, describes putting on his most fierce expression to guard this broken man. And when this man asked for a drink of water, he gave him some dirty water that he found and warned him not to ask for any more. And he could tell that he was seriously ill. <clears throat> not realizing who this was until many years later. How did Liu Shikun survive this ordeal? He says that during those frightful years, mentally he went through his entire repertoire. During the six years, he mentally played everything that he knew. And even though his body suffered, his God-given musical soul did not. And thus it was that he was able to survive and after his release, in 1974, though he couldn't play for more than two or three hours at a time, he gradually resumed performing. And last month, he was the honored guest performing at the 17th Tchaikovsky International Competition at age 84. Such are the miracles of grace in the kingdom allowing the achievement of the unimaginable. And so we conclude about the nature of the kingdom of heaven. It reminds us that the whole universe flows from God, is sustained by God and subsists in God. As James Finlay puts it, God is present everywhere. God invites us to reflect on any aspect of ourselves and whatever we focus on, God is present as immediacy, whether sitting, standing, laughing, or crying, God is present in every breath. May we be blessed enough to have our illusions of separateness from God be extinguished. May we be born into a true awareness of who we truly are and what we are created for, one with God forever, May we continue on in this new awareness, seeing in each and every little thing that comprises our existence the fullness of God's presence raising us from the petty to the eternal. May we be people in whose presence others recognize God's presence 
such that they too might know this freedom of being the children of God. And so it is that with Paul we can say, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.